1: so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam Show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake, it
0: Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam Show. Uh. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, It's the Pancake and Power Slam. up, turn up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam Show. Uh. Turn it up.
1: You're now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam Show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 242, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam Show. I am Chris Featherstone here as always. Celebrating the 242nd episode of the show. And as always, you you know, all the listeners know, we have fun, action-packed interviews every single week. <clears throat> this week will be no different. I'm very, very excited to introduce uh, this person who we will be uh, being soaked into his wrestling knowledge and his legendary, legendary family. This, this uh, coming Sunday we have Survivor Series coming up, the 30th annual Survivor Series. So what a way to kick off Survivor Series week than having a former Survivor Series uh, entrant, a former Survivor Series person, participant himself, and former WWE Tag Team Champion, no none other than Matt Rosie. NOIE. How are you tonight, sir?
2: Well, I am doing awesome. Hopefully <laughs> everybody hopefully everybody else on Pancake fan is doing great. Um Man, I'm 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 feeling good. I'm feeling
1: good. That's awesome, man. It's 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 great to have you. It really is. So, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to getting some 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 NOIE family legendary legacy knowledge just uh, drenched on me and the and the fellow listeners. So it's going to be exciting. So, speaking of your family, yeah, speaking of your family, which is long and legendary, um, what family members inspired you to be a wrestler? Was it something, did you ever consider anything else? Or was it just a matter of um, there were so many people in your family? Interestingly, I just thought about this. Lance was on Raw last night, if I'm not mistaken. He was a security guard for. Uh, for Goldberg uh, and, and the Brock Lesnar showdown, I don't know if you still watch Raw, but I think Lance uh, was uh, a security guard, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, what? Right. What?
2: <clears throat> yep. I just I actually I actually didn't get to watch Raw last night, and I usually do watch Raw every week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, just to watch my brother and and all that stuff, but. Uh, I did see it on Facebook uh, last night. Uh, man, I was in just uh, I was in fish mode, and I've been in fish mode for the last week. So oh, I see. I've, been, I've been coming out here to the Bob Sykes Bridge and the Three Mile Bridge in Pensacola, Florida, and we're and I'm not catching a damn thing. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah.
1: So, yeah, this is, uh, uh, I forgot to tell you. So, I think I told you. Yeah, PG. Uh, so, yeah, uh, just for the listeners here. Um, so, it, it's going to be, it, it's really interesting to see just the NYE family um, just have such a, a, an amazing, legendary legacy. So, what family members, and I know uh there's a lot of them to choose from growing up as a kid what family members inspired you to be a wrestler was it something a matter was it a matter of this is what i'm going to do this is what's going to happen i'm basically going to be a wrestler because i'm just basically going right in and filling the shoes of uh all the amazing uh members in the history that came before me was it a matter of that or were there other options
2: well, as you know, uh obviously uh I got uh, I got mixed into the uh uh to the wrestling biz at uh at birth. Yeah. Uh, of course my dad, Sika, uh, the Hall of Famer the,
1: Wild uh, Samoans
2: Wild Samoan. Yeah. Um I so I you know, I was just born into wrestling and uh it wasn't so much of a big transition because the fact that um, I've, that, you know, I've, I've had uh, the, my cousins, uh, the, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Junior Fatu, and and my uh, older cousin that I've been on the road with since birth uh, was uh, the Samu, um, the, the great Samu, of, of which runs the. That um, you know he runs uh, C4 wxwc C4 up in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, yep. and uh, it was just it was just something that uh, it, it, that popped in. Uh, uh, I, when I didn't make the NFL, um, in my mind that I would wanted to do,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, it was you know. Uh, I, I don't know how to explain that. It's that uh, it was just that uh, you know I, I I always had my heart uh, set on the, the playing football. That's what I did. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, blocking the, the, the playing football but since I was at the Bellevue Ballpark with uh, Emmitt Smith and mm-hmm. and blocking for him in high school. I, I just uh, football was a thing. I, yeah. But everybody doesn't make the NFL, and uh, it just fell short, and uh, wrestling uh, became the next step for me to uh, not get a real job. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, very good way to put it. <laughs> Indeed. Um so who who was instrumental so you end up getting a, a job uh, for wrestling you end up you know becoming a wrestler uh, wrestler and and doing your work in the independent scene uh before getting a spot in the Heartland Wrestling Association um which uh was a former developmental territory for the WWE what uh, prompted who was instrumental uh to calling you up uh to the WWE uh from Heartland Wrestling Association or who was instrumental in that process?
2: Uh well the instrumental part was when we uh me and my cousin uh uh Betty Fatu, which uh is better known as uh my partner as Three Minute Warning and also even better known as uh, Umaga Umaga, absolutely. Yeah. We uh, we started tagging uh, Florida, and this was after the fact that I did a little stint with ECW with my cousin. That was the uh, Samoan gangster Gang- party, right? <laughs> Samoan gangsters in pajamas. I think is what a <laughs> lot of <laughs> And Now that I look back at the pictures, I'm like, ooh, yeah, I guess we did look like <laughs> gangsters in pajamas. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it, it, it just kind of worked out that way. And then next thing you know, uh, my, my cousin, uh, uh, Rikishi that uh, looked at me there, uh, well, he called me over to the house, which at that point we all lived within, you know, walking distance from, uh, from each other, uh, within a quarter mile of each other in Pensacola, Florida. So, yeah, he uh, want me know, he's like, Jim Ross uh, gave me a call and he wants you to show up at, uh, in Mobile, Alabama mm-hmm. uh, for a dark match. And I was like, you know, that me and my cousin, uh, his brother, Umaga, Eddie Fatu, were, uh, were tagging, you know, because we've been going to Japan. We were working for FMW uh, for about a year mm-hmm. at that point. So uh, I just let them know that I wanted, you know, I didn't want to come in as a singles wrestler. So if they were cool with uh, me and, uh, and me and Eddie uh, coming in and and uh, working as a tag team, then it was uh, I was I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. I would have been okay be cool with anything else, but. Of course, uh, I just uh, you know my dad being a tag team champion, uh, you know first tag team to, to ever win the WWE championships three times in a row, and and all that fun stuff, you know, I just uh, I just wanted to be uh, in that in in that atmosphere, and I've always just felt like uh, being a, a tag team. Uh, Partner with and with, especially with my cousins, uh, it just fit. You know what I mean? It it, it, it worked out and uh, and sure, yeah. Well, Jim Ross, uh, Led Junior, uh, well, uh, Rikishi, you know that. Uh, yeah, both of you come in. We went in, Charlie and Russ, and God bless Russ. I love you to death. Uh, ah. Yes, tough loss.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, um, and we uh, you know, we we did our match and then they they gave us a uh GM pulled us in the back and talked to us for a minute and like we love you guys. Uh we're gonna we're gonna, all we're asking because W C W um they At that point in time, we're always trying to get, uh, they knew who WWE would uh, try and get. And uh, they just said that, look, uh, you know, all we're asking is um, you give us the first opportunity. Yeah. I, was, I, I, I looked Jim Ross straight in his face and said, you guys are the only opportunity. <laughs> we're we're wwe diehards you guys have always been uh, we've been my family's been blessed with uh just being employed by uh, the mcMahons and uh and wwe WWF back in back in the day yep. and uh, i was like there's there's no uh there's no uh, there's no yes and uh, and believe me, it's <laughs> WWE straight up. So
1: yeah, yeah, that's awesome, and you're very right. I mean, because you know the family the, the Noie and the Fatu family, um, in the Mayavias, you know the, the <laughs> decades of employment f- from the Vans. You're absolutely right about that, and you know you you made a good point as far as teaming up with with Eddie um, Jamal at the time uh, and. Your your time in in HWA, you know, led to a debut as Three Minute Warning, and very very interesting stuff there. Um, Eric Bischoff was uh, you know instrumental in being behind uh, the Three Minute Warning as far as on screen is concerned, but as far as behind the screen, who came up with uh, with that idea? How did that come about?
2: As far as Whenever we were with Les Thatcher, uh, Les Thatcher um, over at HWA, uh, obviously exactly what you said, it was a uh, it was a it was like a beta stage of NXT. Yeah, um, and you know they separated us. We uh, at first went uh, a lot of us went to uh, um, uh, Memphis and worked with MCW, and we. Did the same type of thing uh, with uh, the, 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 with the you know training and all that stuff. I, I think they just wanted to make sure that I wasn't hanging out in strip clubs. Yeah. But you know, but at the same time, they just wanted to make sure that their investment in us was uh, going towards the right way, which uh, never uh, was never a problem with mm-hmm. us. Uh, uh, you know, everybody uh, from top to bottom that uh, uh, I spent time with, and uh, HWA and all and all that stuff. It, everybody, it, you, you couldn't have surrounded yourself with a better group of guys. Mm. You know that just and that just didn't hold to that we're on the, the WWE quote unquote. Uh, Contract mm-hmm. you know just like Cody Hawk and b j Whitmer and uh the, man there's there's a slew of of folks that i that I met when i when I moved up to Cincinnati and um just had a blast uh, getting to know mm-hmm. you know um, um but as far as uh, getting into the, that whole aspect uh Man, the, all we did was just show up and, and do what we do. You know, we we didn't uh we didn't know that we were gonna be the three minute warning. We didn't know. We I don't we didn't even know our name for like three weeks in. <laughs> I think we yeah. beat up a midget, we beat up some lesbians and we beat up uh, uh Lillian.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, it, it, it wasn't until after that that uh, we're sitting in the in, in the ring and Eric, and Eric Bischoff, it, uh, like, announced our name. But being out in the middle of 17,000 people, uh, I couldn't hear what he said. It <laughs> uh, wasn't, but Eddie couldn't hear what he said. And yeah. I was like, what did he say? Did he just give us our name? <laughs> So uh, we didn't really know what was said. Uh, so by the time we got in the back, I happened to be the last guy walking through a uh, gorilla position. <laughs> and uh, Hunter and uh, all the other guys, you know, some of the older guys that's been there, that, that they were like, you know, laughing. I was like, all right, who's Rosie? Who's Jamal? And, of course, my cousins. uh the, Eddie, was like I'm Jamal. <laughs> I was like, ah, uh, well, all right, I'm Rosie. Whatever. Wow. The it's it's check came and and not on a white name, so yeah. That's all I cared about, but, you know. But, but in my my opinion, I just uh, Rosie just kind of worked out. I dug it. I yeah. See, uh,
0: yeah, it fits it's you.
2: Really worse, so it, it, it worked out, Yeah, you know, It it seemed to roll off the the fan tongue uh, after a little while.
1: Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing: one one thing that I can assess is that you were and are, you know, a big, intimidating, monstrous figure, and it's a very interesting dichotomy that you have a more softer name for your very aggressive, you know, uh, demeanor, you know what I mean? So it was a nice balance, um, <clears throat> for, for you to be Rosie cause it was one of those things that, you know, you, you imagine like somebody being in the field and saying, Hey, you know, Rosie, who's Rosie? Rosie's, you know, try, trying to, someone's trying to pick on you and they go out in the field and they're like, Oh yeah, his name is Rosie. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. And then when you go out there, you know, he's, you know shaking his knees because because he didn't we not want anything he didn't want any of Rosie so
2: <laughs> exactly. I, I just i i i couldn't understand where they where they came up with these names because when me and my cousins uh, started uh when we were up in the, for the folks that do know us uh, before w w e we were the island boys mm-hmm. Timo and uh Timo and ckmo. And we were like, "Well, we, what's wrong with those names?" Um, and uh, they were like, "Well, we just kind of want to keep you guys away from the Samoan aspect of of, of the I was like, "How do you keep two three hundred and seventy pound Samoans uh, away from being?" Uh, You know what we are, right? But but either or, I think the the, the bottom line was, was, you know, I guess it costs about twenty thousand dollars to trademark a name, Mm. and uh, we already uh, they already put those names in. And then when I finally asked uh, Brian Kurt, I was like, why? Why exactly did you guys come up with Rosie? And they were like, they they wanted. they wanted some kind of uh association with Rosie Greer. Yeah, a baseball player, player,
1: right? Or a football player, yeah, that's so, what yeah, football player.
2: Yeah. Well <clears throat> I was both well, uh okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, you know, the only thing I can say is that writers and that, that just thought that was cool and that but again, like I said, uh bottom line is that uh, those checks showed up every Tuesday and Matt on Hawaii's name. So, there you go. You know, all right. <laughs> there you go. So that's, I'm just happy, uh, you know, but let's go to work and let's, let's do what we do.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, speaking of, you know, being successfully doing what was handed to you, um, superhero in training. I'm not going to, you know, work
2: the ball. Hold on, let me cut you off. Nothing was handed to me.
1: Well, as far as as far as a gimmick was concerned, as far as as far as a gimmick, you were given an idea and, and a gimmick, correct? As far as as far as the creative standpoint.
2: Okay. All right. I just want to let you know that that me and my cousin. We work.
1: Um, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I totally understand that. Trust me. As a wrestling historian, I understand, uh, as I have as said in this interview, the, the prestige and the legacy of the NOIE family. What I'm saying is you were given a name of Rosie and a superhero in training, a, a mass character, and that was handed to you as far as a creative. It's like, hey, this is what I'm going to give you, do something with it. And where I was going was you did something with it. Uh, Especially with the, you know, uh, the the superhero and training uh, character. How did that come about? And for some reason it got super over and you end up winning a tag team championship with that. Uh, How did that come about?
2: I don't know. Um, All I know is that uh, my cousin uh, Eddie gotten a little bit of issues uh, the legal issues uh, down here in Pensacola and, um, and we were kind of on the bubble so to speak mm-hmm. um, and it came out that uh, powers to be said look if, if, if your cousin is, uh, you know if, if something that goes Farther than what it should what it shouldn't have, then, uh, then, you know, something's going to happen. So I just automatically thought, all right, we're both on the bubble. We're going to, if, uh, you know, if, if, uh, people uh, down in Pensacola, as, as far as the authorities go, um, they, uh, they were going to, you know, if they decided to do anything, um, they were going to, they were going to release it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't thinking just my cousin. I was thinking both of them yeah. because I'm still thinking in tag team mode. So I did do a little bit of, a little bit of research. So, I mean, uh, there's a lot of folks know me in Pensacola and I've, uh, I, I, at that point in time, I knew a lot of the, a lot of the cops and a lot of the, the, the you know folks uh, that that worked in the county and the city and all that stuff and everything was good. And then, uh, I, honestly, I got a call uh, uh, from my cousin and uh, I, I was actually out uh, with my ex-wife uh, looking at. A reception hall for a wedding and um, he was like man I just got released I was like oh, 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 oh. why oh <laughs> and you know I'm just sitting there and I grabbed my ex-wife and was like all right, hang on a minute we might not we might not be we might not be getting married so quick mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah it's <laughs> Things happen that way, and then um, as soon as uh, it was done, um, Michael Hayes gave me a call, probably about 15 minutes after the, after my, my cousin hung up, um, and he was like, "Look, uh, you know, we understand that you didn't have nothing to do with with what Eddie did, and that's not. We're not going to blame. You know, we're not going to put you on that bo- on that boat." Yeah, man, it it was just one of those things where I just sat there and I was like, they basically let me know, well, you know, they were giving me the decision to say, all right, should I, should I say, uh, you know, all right, we'll see you guys later. And uh, me and uh, my cousins uh, and move on. But man, I had so many things going through my head at that yeah. point. It was, you know, I've am fixing to get married. And uh, I got a baby, that, you know, that's already uh, halfway born. And it, it just, it, it put me in a, a real weird, uh, uh, disposition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, that's when I sat there and, and, and decided to uh, let them know, uh, three days later and was like, look, man, uh, you know, I'm with the company. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I just don't know what you guys are going to do. Yeah. And, um, it wasn't, those two days coincided with, um, Monday night raw. So obviously they, they flew me in for Monday night raw. and um, <clears throat> I sat down with Vince and we had a little meeting and, uh, and they, uh, he let me know, uh, the idea that they had. And that was the, uh, SHIP, uh, superhero Training. trainer. Mm-hmm. And uh, at first I didn't, of course I didn't dig it. I didn't, I didn't, and I, I, I wasn't grasping the idea. Um, but then when I uh but when he looked at me and he was like, Man, can you imagine Maddie if uh we got ten thousand kids out there wearing the S A T shirt As soon as I thought about merchandise I was like, Okay Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Time I I I still sat there and thought about it and even though, you know, my whole family is, we were always gung-ho, the heels, you know, uh, just badass ass heels. Uh, so that's, that's what we were our yeah. whole life, and we, we were raised that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That was just what it was. And, but at the same time, I... Uh, You know, I I dabbled in acting things that I thought about, and and it kind of reflected on what my dad told me one time. He was like, you know, bottom line is whatever. You know, when I asked him, I was like, what do you think? What do you you know? Should I should I do this or should you know? Should I just say f you and that you know? Me and I could go do whatever. And um, he was like. You know, the best thing that you could probably do is get it over. And it just, I i, I, it, it, I paused about exactly the, as long as I pause right now. And I was like, I can do it. And he was like, well, do it. <laughs> and then, um, so it, it, after after me and my dad talked about it, it was just uh, that's just it, it it came about. And to be honest with you, I'm more than happy that uh, you know I made that decision. Oh yeah! Oh absolutely! It was
1: <laughs> it was you you were over <laughs> for uh, over a year. You know, just the Hurricane and Rosie was uh, a very exciting tag team, and like you said for the kids, even for the kids alone, you know, mission accomplished, <laughs> mission accomplished. And you, not only did you, not only were you, uh, did you, uh, you know, pass, you succeeded with flying colors with that gimmick. All right, let's fast forward to, uh, just survivor series. So we've got a few minutes here. Um, your, your, your brother, your, your younger brother, uh, about a 15 year difference in it, uh, with, uh, Roman reigns, um,
2: how was I he? Know, I, I have no idea how he kind of looks like me. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I guess I'm told that uh, our parents have got great genes because uh, I still look as young as he does.
1: Oh wow, that's awesome. Um, so, so I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, you're, you're his brother. You're his older brother. You know, I'm I I'm a huge supporter of Roman Reigns. Um, I think that he does a fantastic job again, just soaring and 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 doing what's more than what's you know the the things that are handed to him as far as just the crowd, you know, trolling and all that crap. What are what are your thoughts on? uh Roman Reigns uh, as a character. Should he turn heel? Is, you know, what should his direction be? And 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 how was he, you know, when you were a teenager he was born. <laughs> so, you know, how was he growing up? How, how was the uh Roman Reigns or or, you know, uh L- L- Is this is his uh, real name?
2: Right. I love that. Official name is
1: Lee, see, uh Joseph Onowai. Yeah, so um, so Joe so Joe is is what he's you know known for to be as far as um, uh, popularity. He's what he's popularly known as, uh, other than Roman Reigns. How was he growing up, and and what are your thoughts on his character
2: uh, overall? As, as far as his character goes, uh, I I love it. I love it to death.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, me and uh, a lot of people don't know this, but um, whenever uh, me and my cousin, uh, when Eddie came back, or Jamal Umaga, when he came back, the original thought was we were going to be the S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: Oh, wow, interesting.
2: We uh, he's uh, the, the hunter, had let us know uh uh, trips let us know that all right go out and you know buy you some uh you know black the the SWAT team stuff and all that stuff and and we did it either or it it, it didn't uh it didn't work out so obviously uh uh uh, Jamal Becky uh did the Umaga thing, and then I moved on to doing my thing. Um,
1: was there supposed to be a third started, person, or just the two of you? I don't
2: know. I didn't know if they were. Uh, I don't think it was. Uh, I don't because uh, I I can't honestly remember where the, the Rico was, and I, I didn't I didn't know if uh, I think it was just gonna be us two like mm. that. But all I know is that it was a it was an idea uh, in Hunter's head that that's what he wanted and um, it just didn't work out and uh, which is fine. Um, And I'll say it just as quick as I'll say that any day, I'm so happy it didn't work out because Mm. uh, it worked out so much better for Dean and and Seth and and, and, uh, Joe, you know, there's a, those guys, I mean, that's—they're history-making. They're a history-making faction. Definitely. That, that, you know, that's, I'm just happy that uh that it, it that they um oh, I, I I got a little bit lost on where you're at.
1: Uh, no, you, uh, I was asking as far as, you know, how was he growing up and just, you know, you were talking about the character, how you loved it.
2: One more time, you were breaking up.
1: I'm H- sorry.
2: How, how was he growing
1: up? And then you were talking about just how your overall thoughts on his character now.
2: Uh, well, Joe said that he's exactly the way he is. Um, he's said to him, uh, you know, uh, uh, I can uh, I can sit there and remember, uh, you know, him playing football and even looking at the pictures in my mom's house of, uh, you know, him playing football, baseball. And Joe's just always been exactly the way he is.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He's determined. He's, uh, he's not going to back down from anybody. And he's – he's – Straight up in your face. If you don't like it, move out of the way. Mm. And you know, I remember one time. In this was after uh, I inducted my dad in the Hall of Fame in Detroit, and it was me, my dad, and and, uh, and Joe, and we were sitting in in my dad's room. At that point, at that time. Uh, my dad and uh, and Joe were sharing a room, and then you know I had my room with my ex-wife, and um, but we took the time, and we sat there, and I just remember uh, Joe, you know, talking about that kings were meant to be. The, the, you know, you're either gonna you're either gonna be. Uh, you're either going to be uh, following the pack or you're going to be leading the pack. And Joe has just been that way. He's always been that way. And it's, it's such a pleasure, man. I mean, just to have a, a, a brother like that, yeah. to, you know, uh, just to have a little brother and know that he's, he understands he's, and he's not he's not scared to let anybody know. And now, uh, just from what I can see it in my head uh, when we're sitting in that in the hotel room, mm-hmm. man, I can just, I can see what he's saying. And Joe's just, he's always been that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of things about my brother that have don't care for but there's a lot of things about my brother that i admire and i you know i i would learn that much uh from him uh, you know just hopefully you know he would say the same thing about me but yeah i
0: think I
2: uh i think i just uh took all the party jeans, and he took all the, like, workhorse jeans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. That's that's great to hear.
2: That's great to hear about uh, Roman
1: Reigns. All right, uh, Matt, I appreciate your time, man. Where can we find you on social media, and uh, what are you doing nowadays? Well,
2: social media, well, I got Epic Championship Wrestling that we're doing down in the Gulf Coast, uh, the south coast of the United States, and we run shows over in Milton. We're, we're and start expanding after this year uh, out towards Pensacola uh, and then as far as Tallahassee and a little bit up hopefully we can get up in Georgia and Alabama and stuff like that but mm-hmm. we're kind of taking on time my dad uh, we've got a wrestling school that we're just uh, we just got open uh, so me and my dad or uh, we're just we're just kind of taking our time it's you know uh, that uh, you can always hit me up on Facebook if you got any information or you need any in- information. Uh, hit me up on on my uh, Facebook page, and other um, than not we're just uh, we're just doing what we do. Uh, I don't think uh, you you really gotta find us anywhere farther than Facebook. Apparently, Facebook is got their fingers and everything so, yeah
0: pretty much
2: <laughs> I'm, on Facebook, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm not if,
0: uh,
2: i'm out on the three mile bridge right now fixing to go to bob sykes to go fishing and uh you can hit me up right now if you want so that's yeah
0: absolutely so,
2: that's, you know, if, if I'm not if I'm not doing anything wrestling, if I'm not uh, you know going out towards uh, any part of the, the world that's uh, 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 doing uh, any kind of wrestling biz, then that's, I'm I'm over on Bob lakes or I'm over on a, uh, a Three Mile Bridge fishing. So. Nice.
1: Awesome, man. Well, I definitely appreciate. Uh, you taking your time uh, to, to be on the show tonight, man. I, I really, really enjoyed uh, the conversation we had, and uh, you've done a fantastic job uh, carrying the NOI legacy, and uh appreciate your time, Matt. It's been a pleasure.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you so much for listening to our interview with Matt Rosie NOIE. thank you so much Rosie for uh, for being a part of the show tonight episode 242 ladies and gentlemen this is pancakes and power slams former uh former WWE tag team champion uh, Matt Rosie NOIE. uh he was a superhero in training he was a part of Eric Bischoff's henchman he was with Rico he was he, he did a little bit of everything. <laughs> very, very interesting uh, a person as far as, again, just uh, taking what was handed to him and, and making it into gold. So kudos to uh, Matt Anoie. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a full action-packed show here on the 242nd episode of the two, of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Without, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's hop into it. It's been a while. It's been probably about six weeks, five or six weeks now. Um, so I'm I'm, I'm excited. Uh, one of my favorite co-hosts, uh, guest co-host uh, on the show. Um, such a a scholar in the wrestling
3: business
1: as as Dusty Rhodes would say, the wrestling business. So without further ado, from Bleach Report WWE feature columnist, the Doctor Chris Mueller. How are you tonight, sir?
3: I'm doing great, Chris. I, I appreciate that introduction. I'll uh, I'll do my best to live up to that. <laughs>
1: you have already, man. Uh, you, nothing nothing to prove here. So I'm looking forward to to tonight, man. It's gonna be fun.
3: Well, thank you, sir. Let's get going.
1: Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get to the headlines. Here we go. <laughs> So for you UFC fans, um, UFC two hundred five. I watched, uh, uh covered uh, UFC two hundred five uh, for Keto last weekend. Uh, we had uh, Conor McGregor man defeating Eddie Alvarez, um, and he he was he, he made history. I mean he's a, he's a cocky, uh, you know what? But at the same time, man. He backs it up as a uh, kid rock would say, I believe uh, who, who's uh, who said that uh, he, he's uh, the first ever champion simultaneously in two divisions. So, I mean, he, you know, uh, he, he's he, it's, it's to the point now, Chris, that uh, there's not many people that uh, should be naysayers at this at this moment.
3: Well, I mean, anybody who is. Doubted Conor McGregor's ability has been proven wrong on multiple occasions. I mean, yeah. the guy—the guy's a beast. You know, I—I I personally don't always care for his trash-talking ways, but I'm never going to deny the fact that he is entertaining. He is—he draws money like crazy. The guy is what UFC needed after Brock Lesnar left, and. He is delivered in every possible way. Yep. Absolutely.
1: You know, and here's the thing. <laughs> he he he's trash talked WWE, but Triple H was at two oh five, uh, wanting to throw some feelers for him to come to the WWE. So no matter what he says, he's proven to be money and interest for the WWE.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially those who were upset by his comments, would love to see how he would be handled in WWE. I mean, would he come in like Floyd Mayweather and just beat up one guy and leave? Would he only do a cameo like Ronda Rousey? Would he have a couple matches? There's a lot of different possibilities. Frankly, I don't see a WWE thing happening until after he's decided to stop fighting for ufc at least in regards to an actual match but hey a cameo at wrestlemania will will create some interest it'll it'll upset some people which in turn will get them to watch so yeah I mean, i'm all i'm all for anybody who can bring more eyes to the product coming in and helping
1: very true i i am as well and and i think that. uh Man, he would play a fantastic heel. I mean, you know, Mayweather did a fantastic job playing the heel role uh, in his feud against the Big Show. And I definitely think that um, you know, a fellow Irishman by the name of Finn Balor wouldn't mind uh, taking the role of being his opponent. uh, Even if it's not a wrestling role uh, just for for a segment at WrestleMania.
3: Yeah, Finn Balor would be a good choice, especially since He's on the smaller side like McGregor, so it wouldn't be this David versus Goliath thing we've seen before. Uh, You know, I'd love to see him throw down with anybody, frankly, in in WWE who is kind of on that top level. Uh, Mm -hmm. Personally, I'd love to see him have a verbal exchange with somebody like a Kevin Owens or a Chris Jericho, because I think Mm -hmm. that would just be unbelievably entertaining.
1: (laughs) That would be fantastic without without oh my goodness that would be awesome and of course Chris Jericho would tell Conor McGregor this
0: you just made the list
1: <laughs> all right next we got oh, yeah. uh, Misha Tate yeah <laughs> it, it will, man he, he just start throwing lists on Raw we'll talk about that but uh, Misha Tate retiring from MMA after a loss to uh, Raquel Pennington Thirty years old, been in the business for a decade. Uh, string of losses. Uh, she she lost twice. She was she was on a five um, match winning streak. Beat Holly Home for the for the title for the White title. Uh, lost against Amanda Nunez, who's a monster. Um, uh, she'll be facing Rousey next next month. And after losing to Nunez and after losing to Pennington, she you know she said, "Hey, uh, I I wanted to give more, but I can't." You know, and and she she wants to she wants to give it to the future. So, thirty is not is <laughs> certainly not an old age, um, especially I hope you know. Not. But if you you're yeah exactly <laughs> exactly because <laughs> you and I both would be in, uh, bad. Doo-doo. We're both north, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. I mean you know, it, but at the same time. You know, it's one of those things when you're in combat sports and you've been in combat sports for a decade, 30 can feel like 50. So I, I understand that. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure that uh, there'll there'll be more of an there'll still be an entertainment role. I'm sure that would open up for her. Uh, I think that she would be a fantastic analyst like on Fox Sports since they cover um, uh, UFC or on ESPN. I think she'd do a great job doing that.
3: I agree. I think Misha Tate can kind of not necessarily write her own ticket at this point. She doesn't have Ronda Rousey's name recognition, but she's certainly one of the biggest names in women's MMA. And actually, I personally would love to see WWE throw some money at her and try to get her under contract, because she literally has everything they could want. She's she's gorgeous. She's physically capable of keeping up with any of the women in the company. Like you said, she's still young enough to have a decent run. But I could totally see her becoming an analyst and one of even one of the faces of u f c just because she's so integrated into the sport and at the same time has that sex appeal that'll draw in the male crowd who might not normally care about a female announcer or whatever you know yep, so I, I, agree. I think she's got a bright future. I think she could do a lot of different things acting, whatever it might be,
1: yeah. I agree. I think that, you know, again, 30 is she's she's got uh, a ways to go as far as uh, as far as her career is concerned. So I think she, she'd she be very well and, and, and she'll be well off. She'll 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 do fine. Braun Strowman. So <laughs> for the past four months since the split, uh, we've been getting all these jobber matches, you know, Uh, pulling a Ryback 2.0 with multiple drivers and all of this. And, you know, I I think it's overstated its welcome uh, for a while now, actually. And then they throw Sammy Zane at him, and then they're cutting that short. (laughs) That really went nowhere. Uh, And then (laughs) now there's some uh, reports uh, talking about uh, his his next feud, and, uh, you know, he's been doing some house show work with him as well. So it looks like the competition that he's been – earnestly begging uh, really demanding uh, Mick Foley will be none other than everybody's favorite uh prop. <laughs> none other than the big show. <laughs> so uh you know I I understand why they be that why they would do this. I get it. Uh it, it it could it I mean does big show have enough star power to give Braun Strowman some steam if he wins out, uh, if and when he wins out on the feud, since uh, you know reports are saying that uh, that's going to be his big primary feud going forward for a little bit.
3: Well, I think as far as Big Show goes, you know, star power isn't necessarily his thing. He he's just got the credibility. He's been around forever. He's faced everybody. He's a giant. So, he could put over Braun Strowman, and to the casual fan, it'll look like a big deal. You know, to the hardcore fans like you and me, we don't see Big Show as the draw that he used to be. Personally, I've always been an advocate of Big Show. I I like the guy, and I think he's one of the greatest giants ever step in the ring. But WWE has turned him from a major attraction to a sideshow attraction. So, yeah. I get why there's hesitation for some people, but... I the last couple weeks I gotta say Strowman has kinda won me over. He, he's he's been showing his physical ability a little bit more and he's he's really he's impressively fast. And the the couple segments he's had with Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens have been gold, but I kinda credit that to Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting to see where it goes. I have hope that Strowman could be what they wanted Mike Knox and Snitsky to be back in the day, and it never mm. happened. Mm. I can see that. I, I certainly can see that.
1: Now, here's the thing. Is he going to be... Is, is all of this a, a big setup to be another number for Taker? You know, if Big Show... Because cause I wrote this on Sports Kita, I, what I can what I can forecast is Show basically... Putting him over. Uh, and so that's gonna be the feud for the rest of the year for him. And then and then Royal Rumble comes, he and eliminates, you know, ten, twelve people, may even bro- break Roman Reigns' record or something crazy like that. So then then you got Fast Lane, he maybe run past somebody, maybe even throws Zane back there. And then, you know, the, the five to six weeks leading into WrestleMania, maybe He's, he's, big, he's big enough as a monster heel to be a person to, to, you know, to, to face Taker. So I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? What, what do you think he may be come WrestleMania?
3: Well, as far as the feud with Taker goes, I mean, I could understand why that might happen. But I don't think Strowman will have enough credibility at, at that point. I would rather see him feud with Wyatt and the fact that they actually had Wyatt address him directly in an angry way on raw kind of made me hopeful that we could see something between the two down the line. Cause I think that is a natural progression for the feud. Wyatt introduces him. Then he goes away. Wyatt's upset. So there ends up being a conflict that's kind of already written itself, but Uh, Yeah, I mean, as far as chasing Taker goes, I I, I really don't know what they will do with him for WrestleMania, but I don't really think Strowman's going to have enough momentum at that point to be taken seriously as a competitor for him.
1: Hmm. Now, with Wyatt, though, the WWE has done such a poor job uh, over the past few years of really distinguishing baby faces and heels, and to me that has been one of the biggest... um, declines of interest when it comes to just a casual fan because a casual fan is not really looking for some five-star stellar match they're looking to be invested in characters and in order to do that you have to distinguish you know who's who's the good guy who's the bad guy who should i cheer who should i boo and having two heels at wrestlemania most likely won't do that so does one of them turn
3: You know, I think at this point, the fact that I heard Strowman get a a pop the last uh, on Monday, I, mm-hmm. I actually think that he could end up turning babyface naturally without changing his character. If they just have him go after heels instead of babyfaces, he really doesn't have to do anything different with what he's doing. So I could see him mm-hmm. being the babyface in that situation, especially mm-hmm. if his unconventional. starts to catch on more with the crowd, and we've seen that happen many times over the years. I mean, I didn't think Wyatt would catch on the way he did after the first couple vignettes, and then he appeared on screen and was like, oh, this guy is a star, and you're right, WWE has done a a terrible job with him over the past few years, but as far as the heel babyface thing goes that you were talking about, I think the reason people are a little more invested in heels these days is because they're more interesting characters. Baby faces are kind of boxed into being mm-hmm. good guys whereas a bad guy can have several different motivations. It's kind of like with, you know, these comic book movies and TV shows, The Punisher was the best part of the last season, the Daredevil and he's not exactly what you'd call a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's an, an he's an anti-hero and the anti-hero thing started to get big in wrestling and now we have Heels getting cheered, baby faces getting booed, and you hit the nail on the head when you said it, it creates problems for the casual fan because we don't know who to invest in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: So Joey Styles, man. Oh my uh, God! I just, I mean, that pretty much uh, <laughs> explains his weekend. I mean, yeah. Yikes! He 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 makes you know an off-color. Political joke. He didn't say the word. He didn't, you know, he didn't, He didn't say the the p word. Um, but you know, it was an off the fly. I actually spoke to Stokely. Uh, him and I communicated uh, a couple days ago, and um, and, you know, and it's one of those things. Stokely's the heel referee. You know, uh, Joey Styles was the match. He, he's had a matchmaker position and involved uh the past couple of months. And so, you know, he, he was told by Gabe Sapolsky to to, you know, cut a promo and, and don't don't say anything politically offensive. Um and he did ish, but it for some reason it resonated so vastly that not only Evolve dropped him, now I can understand Evolve dropping him Because he did something he wasn't, he was told not to do. He made an off-color political joke, and he, you know, he was told not to do that. So I understand why he was let go from Evolve. But then Mike Quackenbush, uh, you know, he 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 puts out this long blog about, you know, just (laughs) just Chakara and how awesome Chakara is. But we're going to fire Joey Styles. But Chakara is just amazing, and you know, and then. Uh, the promoters from Beyond Wrestling dropped him from the Worcester uh show this coming weekend. So, I mean, should have should have resonated that much by the 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 type of joke that he said. I mean, was it was it a bit too much to do that?
3: I don't think he should have been fired. I feel really bad for the guy. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, he he accidentally did something he wasn't supposed to do, but and then he released a long apology note basically mm-hmm. saying, you know, I was in the wrong, this is why it happened, I regret that it happened, and I think he was extremely classy in acknowledging that what he did w- was specifically mandated against, but it's not like he actually said the full quote. He didn't say exactly. the word at the end of the sentence that is the most offensive part. And secondly, having interviewed Joey Styles before and actually spoke to him for almost two hours, the one thing I can tell you is that he was one of the biggest proponents of women's wrestling I've ever talked to. And Mm -hmm. the last thing that I would ever say about him is that he came off in any way as, as sexist. So I don't see that being an issue with his comment. I think people are overreacting, and these other promotions that are dropping him are are kind of dumb for doing that Because right now Styles is in the news He's in headlines Why would you not want somebody Who people are reading about every day To be at your exactly. show to create interest <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly I Especially it someone makes me no like sense. Beyond Wrestling You know An in, in, in independent show I mean i gonna be honest with you I knew nothing about Beyond Wrestling Before this weekend Of course you know People like you and I, we know about Chakara and everybody who come, you know came from Chikara, You know, like you know Cesaro and uh, Ricochet's done Chakara. Adam Cole, you know, the, you know and, and, and so people we know about Chikara, We know, you know, things like that. But at the same time, it's like uh, I, I don't quite understand that. I don't quite understand someone like an independent show like Beyond Wrestling wanting to drop Joey Styles. If anything, you know, I you you play to that stuff from from a business standpoint. If I if I was if I owned a show, if I was Gabe Sapolsky, I would have I would have made that decision. I think that was fair. But if I was the promoter for Beyond Wrestling and even my Quackbush, I. I I don't, I think that that was a bit too far, just, and again, like you said, I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, it wasn't intended to, you know, be sexist or offensive, you know, it, it's kayfabe. And I understand that you have sponsors again, from a involved standpoint, I totally get it. But I mean, it is, he didn't say it at beyond wrestling. He didn't say it at Chikara, you know, it was a off-color-ish um, political joke that he didn't even complete for the sake of being, you know, politically correct. <laughs> interestingly right. enough, so you know, I, I think it was a bit too much. And then Jim Cornette, uh, you know, adamantly uh, defends him uh, on Twitter with with Gabe uh, over over his firing and makes you know an interesting point about. You know, him about Trump actually making the quote uh, and then, you know, Stiles being in kayfabe and, you know, Gabe sticking to his guns and and, uh, basically them going back and forth on Twitter over it. That was uh, quite interesting.
3: Yeah, it's one of the first times in a while that I've actually been in total agreement with Cornette about something because usually I find the guy to be a little off the hinges. But Mm -hmm. um, like you said, you know, these smaller companies need everything they can Get to draw interest. Joey Styles created some headlines. They should be taking advantage of that. And you know, I I don't think he should have been fired from any of the companies, even even where it happened. I mean, you know, it's like you said, he he didn't finish the quote. He he did it kind of off the cuff because he was a little surprised with the way the format of the promo was going down. According to his Mm -hmm. note, he thought something different was going to happen. So I, I think everybody is just kind of losing their minds because of the whole political landscape right now. They hear that quote, they associate it with a certain person and then all of a sudden it's negative. You know, frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if three or four weeks from now, Joey styles was announced for another evolve event or something because of of course, you know, (laughs) one of the bridge. So he'll be fine. The guy is Mm -hmm. one of those people that is always going to be in demand because he was away from the business from announcing for so long and people loved his work. So, you know, he's not going to have trouble finding finding work going forward. If anything, maybe this will give an opportunity for another promotion like Lucha Underground or somebody else to utilize his talents.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, for some reason I think uh, I thought of PWG
1: as far as uh, uh, acquiring him for um you know he calls himself what The king of the indies or something like that Now um so You know i'm sure that there there'll be People who are like hey you know what he, He's a nice Crispy you know dollar Bill to me now so I Yeah think, uh, yeah like you said I, I Think he'll be totally fine So Sinkara gets Into yet another fight uh, With with chris jericho So according to jim ross jericho Told him that uh it was uh there were some issues going on, there was a verbal disagreement and and uh, he was he was a he was making sounds and just being annoying. Jericho stepped in. Uh, for some reason he's the resident uh, WWE superstar security guard or something like that. And so so he steps in uh, it didn't go, it didn't go too far. It was, uh, you know, 10 card tried to swing, uh, and he missed, um, Jericho may have got a shot in, but that was it. Uh, reports before then was, Hey, you know, there was many, there was many, uh, uh, wrestlers who confirmed that Jericho lost the fight and just kind of embellishing what was going on according to what Jericho told Jim Ross. Jericho could have been saying to Jim Ross something that wasn't necessarily authentic, but at the same time, you know, uh, it's him versus the dirt cheats. So, you know, the, I, I think I, I would favor you know the person who was all, who was there actually. So, you know, it, it was uh, and, and the thing is, I, I think that we certainly saw, <laughs> based on his match against Brian Kendrick, uh, we saw the repercussions of Sin Cara's. Uh, actions and of course he would be the one who would have have the weight on him uh, at the end of the day because of you know, Jericho's status with the company as a veteran. So I think we saw that uh, in in the match with Brian Kendrick. Uh, I do I, I think the the writing of that match was very intentional.
3: Oh yeah, that was clearly him being punished. Uh, Kendrick hasn't dominated a match like that since he returned. So it was. Right kind of obvious to anybody who knew what was going on backstage how that was a little bit of a punishment but you know this is this this kind of stuff happens in wrestling and it probably happens a lot more than we hear about Mm -hmm. little scuffles like this and I, I really don't see it leading to Sin Cara's release or anything you know he'll be in the doghouse for a little while but if he does his anger management training like it's rumored that he's been told to do then you know Maybe he'll be a decent cruiserweight champion someday or maybe him and Callisto will reunite, but I don't know. I don't think it's all that big of a deal. And it sounds like Chris Jericho's already kind of saying that it's not a big deal anymore, so you know. I I just don't see it as being something that'll lead to his release like a lot of people no. seem to think it will. <laughs>
2: no, no. I, I don't either.
1: Th- this is this isn't his first and most likely and hopefully hopefully it will be his last, but According to you know Sheamus and uh, all the other you know people he's scuffled with, it may not be his last. So I wanted to get your takeaways on uh, the state of the WWE universe. Address real quick. Um, after Raw, there was uh, some 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 passion that uh, Renee Young had to facilitate uh, between the commissioners and the GMs. Uh, there were certain certainly some things, and in, in, you know, there's been reports of saying that. You know there were there have been some bullet points and some things, some talking points when it comes to like talking smack and those after um, those post shows. But you know there are some things that have been said, especially from Daniel Bryan in, in both cases now, based on the ma- the Miz and McFoley, that have been uh, does not seem scripted, especially the glaring quote that he made as far as. <laughs> Mick Foley quitting and showing, you know, that he still had a passion for wrestling by going to TNA, that just that was a jaw dropper right there.
3: Yeah, that caught me a little off guard. Uh the whole state of the WWE universe thing. I was really hoping for something different than just a glorified after show like that just felt like an episode of talking smack without the death yeah. in front of him. I was hoping for Vince McMahon to come out and deliver, like, a political speech, almost, like, satirically, mm-hmm. but you know, whatever, but uh, these comments from Daniel Bryan, I, I, I don't know what to think about that, because it's like WWE could just be saying we don't care if you mention TNA anymore, because th- they're not even on our radar at this point,
0: Boy, or it
3: could be, be Daniel Bryan just going into business for himself and saying whatever he wants and not caring about the consequences. Well,
1: that's even a better point than the first one you made, because, you know, at this point, since he's very much wanting to wrestle still and basically the WWE contract has a freeze on that. And I think that they are very aware that he wants to wrestle uh, so I think at this point, Daniel Bryan's, uh he's like, hey, listen, you can certainly fire me if you'd like. Uh, I'd be more than happy with that because I want to wrestle again. So I think saying things that are not not scripted to Daniel Bryan is actually uh, something that he uh, – it, it could play in his favor.
3: Well, if if he wants to get back in the ring and that's the way he wants to go about it, I mean – you know, I don't know what WWE's plans are for him. Sometimes it seems like they're building towards a potential one-off match with The Miz, with some of the stuff that's been going on in the last few months. And sometimes it seems like they're serious about keeping him out of the ring and uninjured. And at this point, I'm just kind of along for the ride and seeing where it goes. I love Daniel Bryan, uh, and I don't think he'll ever say anything that will intentionally get like, I don't think him calling out Mick Foley for going to TNA was his effort to get fired. I just think maybe he doesn't care if he does, but it it adds to the product. And in the end, mm-hmm. you know, if, if him and Foley trading insults brings in viewers, then it's good for business.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. And I also agree. I don't think it be intensely, um, you know, tries to get fired with that thing. I, th- I mean, he's he's a wrestling fan. He he he's he, he's a wrestling wrestling in his blood. So he gets passionate about the business, and you can tell. Yeah. Right? Daniel Bryan is he's thirty five years old. He is one of the best. He is one of the quintessential examples of someone who was absolutely one hundred percent passionate about the business of professional wrestling, and he gets. Ridiculous respect for me for that. So as a fan, yeah. uh, and as a you know, and as a journalist, I, ridiculous respect for me for that. So kudos to him. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, let's quickly get into this Raw and SmackDown review. We'll combine them both for the second time. Let's do this. Try it on man (laughs) That was basically uh, The the Encompassing uh, Analysis of Raw Of course the uh, Goldberg and Lesnar face off on Smackdown We got uh, an invasion Of the woman uh, and also A a title change A huge title change right before uh, Survivor Series and then of course uh, The cutting edge Ed's Ed's growing his uh, Ed's Ed's growing his uh hair back and, and, and becoming a a mountain man like he was when he uh returned to the Royal Rumble. And also uh the Undertaker appearing and um like he looked in, in Cleveland, looked a lot better, um, growing his hair out. And that's pretty much it. What what are your thoughts, Chris? Uh,
3: you know, I thought they were good. Good moments and bad moments for both shows, but I actually thought that both were a little better than average this week as far as uh, pay per view building goes. Survivor Series is being positioned as what bragging rights used to be the big Raw versus SmackDown show of the year. So, Mm -hmm. on that front, I think they've done a really good job building it. The two invasions on each show I thought were done all right. I would have liked to have seen more from the women uh, today, but. Uh, the Goldberg Lesnar face to face went exactly how I thought it would. I didn't think they'd get physical before the match. That's, you know, they don't want to give that away for free on yes. USA. I love it. I love that. I love that. They, uh, yeah, they're using classic wrestling booking with those two. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't have any physical contact before the actual match. Um, but to go back to how you started the segment, that. That segment with the Scarfs and Chris Jericho, I mean, it's almost sad that the, one of the funniest and most entertaining parts of the show is a backstage segment involving Scarfs' as gifts. I mean, Chris Jericho can get anything over, but what does that say about the rest of the roster where him saying, try it on, man, gets a bigger reaction than a 10-minute match, you know? It's yep. it's funny because that that's how good Chris Jericho is but it it also tells you how many people on the roster need to step up their game.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. 100%. Very, 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 very own point assessment there. And I, and I shared this yesterday. I'm going to be quick for the sake of time. Uh, On my raw review, my wife is the, 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 the the classic example of a casual (laughs) fan. She's not even a casual fan. She watches wrestling because she loves me. (laughs) <laughs> that's basically the reason why she watches wrestling. Uh, and, and, you know, a couple of years ago, she tried her best to watch it every, every week for the sake of, you know, knowing how much I, you know, was basically born a wrestling fan, but, you know, she stopped because it's just not interesting. Not, not, it's, it's not interesting to her. and, she speaks for many casuals and she speaks for, I'm sure, you know, millions of fans that's dropped as wrestling fans. And she actually watched raw with me for a chunk of it. And, uh, the new day, and, you know, and I, and I say this, I think the the best way that the WWE can gauge what is over is not from the hardcore fans. That is the hardcore fans is totally not a way to gauge if something's over from a crossover or from a perspective above and beyond the core viewers, a casual fan or a casual viewer person, Goberg and Lesnar is over because it still has that you know traditional larger than life feel. New Day is over because they're charismatic and they have catchphrases, and you know the list is over uh, because it's so catchy, it's so funny, and you know, my wife was a prime example of that. To her, when she watched Raw, it was the new day that was over, Goldberg, and listener was over, and the list was over. And that's pretty much what was over <laughs> as far as on Raw. Uh, and she even made a joke as far as, uh, you know, it was something that she asked me to do. And like she's like, you know, you're not going to do it. You just made the list. And, you know, and that was Hilarious or, or she said if I don't Do it I'm on to make the, I'm going to make the list and, and you know and stuff like that Resonates To watchers and That is something that The WWE should pay attention To if you want to gather People to watch your Product you can't just Cater to the house you, you Just you can't do that so Speaking of catering to the house let's get To uh <laughs> the flavor Of the week um Real quick, uh, we have like uh, seven or so minutes, so uh, we could just run through our list. Uh, Let's do this Flavor of the Week. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right, Chris, uh, I'll let you start. Your top seven Survivor Series main events of all time. Looking forward to hearing this.
3: All right, this is going to be in no particular order. Uh, Mm -hmm. Hulk Hogan versus The Undertaker in 91 that was kind of The Undertaker's ascension to the main event of WWE that's always going to be a favorite of mine of -hmm. course who could forget 97 with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart that's not one of my favorite matches but it is one of my favorite wrestling moments because it changed Mm -hmm. the business forever uh Then you had Steve Austin versus Triple H in 2000. I kind of think it's an underrated match, personally. I I think the psychology in that match was very good. Mm -hmm. But the next year was actually one of my favorite main events because it was one of the traditional Survivor Series matches, and it featured so many great stars. I had The Rock, Jericho, Taker, Kane, and Big Show versus Austin, RVD, Angle, Booker T, and Shane McMahon. That you... It's hard to stack a main event bigger than that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh yeah. so what, what is that? Three or four I'm up to. That's four, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, surprisingly, I, I was actually surprised my myself when I realized that this was one of my favorite Survivor Series main events. Uh CM Punk versus John Cena versus Ryback from two thousand twelve. Um that, that was probably you one know of Ryback's me, right. Uh, Yeah, but it was more important to me than that was because it it was actually a match where I thought Ryback looked good because he had these other two veterans helping him out. So, you know, I I, I like Ryback a little bit. I'm never going to say he's a great wrestler, but I I will say that I'm a fan of the guy as a person. Mm -hmm. So, But now we're going to go back a little bit. Survivor Series 92 a 25 minute match between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart for the championship. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that was
3: amazing and then this one might surprise people but Undertaker versus Yokozuna in a casket match.
0: Mm-hmm. That
3: was one of the first few pay-per-views that I actually like watched with a friend live while it was happening. And Undertaker and Yokozuna at that time, they were just, they're such larger than life characters. It was such a cool match to watch live. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Those are really good choices. All right. So no- <clears throat> number seven for me is uh, 87. Um, the very first one, Andre woman gang, Bundy, Reed and rude against a uh, Hogan, uh, Morocco, Patera, Bam, Bam and Orndorff. Um, just the five one five traditional match. Uh, number six was 91 Hogan and Taker. Um, that was when, uh, uh, yeah, that, that was the, you know, the, uh, that was huge for, for Hogan and Taker, you know, as far as, uh, um, having that take Taker, having that, that, that moment, you know, as far as, uh, uh, as, as far as just being such a phenomenal character and such uh, he was just larger than life and just so scary uh, 94, Taker and uh, Yoko casket match, I totally agree with you on that, uh, number 4 is 2002 uh, the first uh, elimination chamber match with uh, Shawn Michaels winning, uh, number 3 uh, for the same reason that you, uh, 97 uh, Bretton and Michaels just because of the Montreal screw job. Not, not necessarily a match, but just the the residual meaning that came out of that. Uh, number two for me is uh, 90, um, the ultimate uh, uh, survivors, the ultimate survivor match. All the survivors from all the previous matches against each other. So it was uh, uh, Hogan, Warrior, Santana against uh, DiBiase, Martel, Warlord, uh, Hercules, and Roma. For some reason, that's never happened before um, and, and never happened since then. I always found that fascinating. And the number one was 14, um, the authority, um, Ziggler winning. Uh, I am a true to life forever and never a Sting fan. So um, that's exactly why 14 was number one for me.
3: All right. You so know, I, should got, have, uh, I should have had 14 in my list. That's a good one.
1: Yeah, that's oh, man, just that, that debut was just. I I can have sweet dreams about that every day, and I'll be totally fine with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's get to the uh, NXT predictions. Real quick, uh, Revival and uh, DIY, two out of three falls. Who you got?
3: I'm going DIY all the way on this one. It's their time. I agree. Uh,
1: Who wins the Dusty Classic, TM61 or Authors of Pain?
3: I want it to be TM61, but I actually think it's going to be the Authors of Pain. I agree with you.
1: Uh, Does Bobby Roode make uh, Takeover Glorious?
3: Of course. Yeah, Yeah, he's going over Dillinger for sure. (laughs) Yeah, of course he is. Uh,
1: Asuka, Mickey James.
3: Oh, Asuka's going over for sure, but I am just super excited Mickey James is back. I love that woman. She's great. I agree. I think Mickey James is going to make
1: this really good because, for the sake of Ember Moon. It uh, looks like that's going to be probably the next feud. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Joe, what you got?
3: I see Shinsuke retaining in this one. I don't know if it will necessarily be because he pins or submits Joe, but he will still walk out with the title.
1: I agree. All right, big card day after Miz and Sami Zayn for the IC title. Let's do those. T- let's, I, let's do the let's do the uh, the the, the uh, cross brands together. Uh, Cruiserweight championship as well between Kendrick and Kalisto. So, uh, I'd imagine we both agree if one wins, the other wins as well.
3: Absolutely, and I, and just because the Miz won the IC title tonight, I'm pretty sure that means they wanted a heel to go up against Zayn, so Zayn mm-hmm. could go over, get the bigger reaction, and we're going to see the IC title and Cruiserweight titles switch shows.
1: Yep, I agree. Uh, so, who wins the tag team? Team Raw or Team SmackDown?
3: I'm going to go with Team Raw on this one. Not for any real logical reason, just kind of a throw a dart at a dartboard guess. <laughs>
1: I'm going to go. I think they'll split it. I think they'll, you know, I think one to get two and the other one to get one. So I'm going to go SmackDown on the tag team. What about the woman?
3: I see raw going over with the women too, just because they have a little bit more star power right now. And Charlotte is being positioned as the big head of the women's division. I could see her even being a sole survivor.
1: Yep. Uh, her, I think her and Nia will be the survivors. Uh, I got raw as well. Uh, raw or SmackDown for the singles.
3: That I'm giving the SmackDown. And I think they, uh, Kind of established tonight with the return of the Undertaker that we could see something special in that match involving Taker. I'm hoping.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah,
3: I said Raw before um,
1: yesterday on my Raw review. Well, Monday night on my Raw review because I think that they all they still at the back in the back of their minds want Raw to be the A show no matter what. They want to, I mean, you get Goldberg and Brock Lesnar headlining Raw, and then you get James Ellsworth headlining, you know, uh, SmackDown. I think that that's very intentional of how they want that distinction to be. But, um, yeah, I think I'm still going to go with Raw. I think, I think I'm still going to go with Raw. Um, okay. Because Taker actually may cost, because they're talking about Taker and AJ for, for Rumble, so Taker may even... They may have some dissension, and he may indirectly cost SmackDown for the sake of leading into to Rumble. So, yeah. All right. So, real quick, Lesnar Goldberg, who wins it out? Fantasy warfare just got real.
3: If it's a clean win, it's Lesnar. If some kind of weird chicanery happens, Goldberg.
1: Yeah, I'm Lester, hands down for me Uh, I I, I would love Goldberg to win I'm a Goldberg guy Uh, It's been since A... Thirty, maybe I can't say day one because I really didn't like them when first started. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, you know, I, but I, I think I think Lesnar because they'll, they'll split it, you know, just in case there's money on the table for for Mania. So, uh, I think they'll do it for that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Chris will be back with us next week uh, for the uh, Survivor Series Roundtable, uh, along with other special guests that uh, I usually have. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about Survivor Series, and we're going to be able to, on the other side of these predictions seeing uh, who won. So it'd be, it should be a lot of fun. Follow Chris uh, at a BR underscore doctor and follow his amazing work at uh, WWE Bleach Report. Any closing thoughts?
3: Uh, one thing I actually want to tie back to Rosie Greer from <laughs> from the interview in the beginning of the show uh, I was listening to an interview with Chris Jericho a couple weeks ago. He was on the Nerdist podcast a while back and he just randomly brought up a movie featuring Rosie Greer called the thing with two heads. And the tagline to this movie, this will crack you up. It's they transplanted, a, they transplanted a white bigot's head onto a soul brother's body. So it's, the weirdest movie I've ever heard. And it was just funny to hear Rosie Greer brought up and that just reminded me of Chris Jericho. So I had to bring that up.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Chris. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good night. Have you a good all, thanks
3: for listening. Right, everybody.